We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, what's going on? Happy Tuesday, October the 25th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show. Appreciate you all tuning in. Very excited to chat with you all. We're taking your questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. As you see, we're breaking in the new beanie today. Here we go. Trying to figure out a little bit different rocking headphones with a beanie on. Um, anyways, guys, appreciate y'all. What's going on? I see B. Hughes, Jay Douglas, Chuck Todd, Travis Allen, Gene Lott, Jeff Sweat, Cocky Twan, Justin Lankford, Matthew Jones, DGD, John Edward, Travi, Connor Lee, Chase, Kevin, Cody Gaskins. What's going on? Yeah, B. Hughes. These are on the store. Yeah. We dropped a ton of new beanies last week. If you go to TSUS.store right now, you will see them all. Uh, this, we got Beamer Ball. We got your TSUS logos. We've got Beamer Rattler on there as well. Everything you need, guys. That's kind of why I'm rocking them is to bring awareness and let you all know. Because before you know it, it's going to be kind of Clemson week. Thanksgiving's just around the corner. Uh, so why not go ahead and get your Clemson sucks, get your Cuck Clemson shirts, your merch, get all that stuff today, um, and including the beanie. Of course, guys, as always, the Daily Crow brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app. Or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS. You're going to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Guys, again, we've got so many fans and listeners of the Spurs up showing the Daily Crow that have made tons of money with our friends over at Prize Picks this season. And of course, it's all prop plays, guys. You already know the drill. Um, you can play anything and everything from college sports, MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, you name it. They have got it. So again, it's our friends at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app. Go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS. You're going to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Guys, again, phone lines are open. I want to hear from you, 843-790-3377. We do have Alex McGrath jumping on the show today at 12.15. Going to get his full thoughts on everything that happened over the weekend and, of course, look ahead to this weekend's game against Mizzou. Uh, also, we got Shane Beamer speaking at 1.30. We'll tune in to Coach Beamer's press conference. we got a really, really busy day on this end recording tomorrow's podcast. We got a great interview today at four o'clock with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South. That will drop on the podcast tomorrow. 
And, uh, yeah, like I said, in the meantime, man, we're live here on TDC. Also, those tuned in to TDC, the podcast version on our TSUS podcast feed. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you have not subscribed, rated, all that good stuff, the podcast feed, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, most of you obviously already have because you tune into the podcast on a daily basis or at least tune into the, the show Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but now TDC available on that podcast feed as well. Um, and again, thank you to all those who tune in each and every single day. Again, guys, really excited. Uh, I'm still feeling feeling uh, the good vibes from over the weekend. But of course, now I think we start to kind of turn our attention to what's taking place this weekend at Willie B. Homecoming weekend as the Gamecocks take on the Missouri Tigers. I'll be really intrigued to hear what Shane Beamer has got to say ahead of this weekend's game. Um, also, guys, I dropped, we'll talk best bet tomorrow, but I dropped the poll. What is the best bet for this weekend's game against Mizzou? Money actually coming in on the Missouri Tigers, believe it or not. Mizzou is now just a four and a half point underdog. Gamecocks open as a five and a half or five point favorite, depending on what book you looked at. That spread is now at four or four and a half, again, depending on the book. Um, Really interesting. I, I guess there's some folks out there that are still not believers in the Gamecocks, or they still look at the Gamecocks as frauds for whatever reason. Um, also, guys, really quick on a side note, all those in the Big Cock Club Discord over the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure your questions are answered there. Craig Phillips says, will the BCC be as good as yesterday? Let's find out. It's always great, Craig. But, yeah, yesterday was pretty wild. Yesterday was pretty wild for sure. Uh, Coleman Hall says, I really think we'd all be a lot more excited about last weekend and Muschamp not going nine and for his second year with a bad OC. You know, I, I I don't know, Coleman. I'm 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 still ecstatic. I'm still happy. I I, I don't really. I'm not going to hold Shane Beamer guilty for mistakes of the past with Muschamp. Like you know, what I mean, that had nothing to do with him. So I, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I'm not allowing that to deter my happiness and excitement for what's going on right now. Um, in Columbia. So John Edwards says, speaking on Texas A&M, multiple players have been suspended for smoking weed after the game Saturday. Not joking. Okay, that per John Edwards. How about that? How about that? Jeff Sweat, Mizzou did not look impressive on either side of the ball. I believe we can run and we can throw on them. Yeah, you look at Missouri, they've played a lot of close ball games, right? Um, let's see. I'm pulling up their schedule now because I haven't done a deep dive on them yet or anything. Let's see. I know last week, obviously, they had a tight one with Vanderbilt on their home field. Mizzou sits three and four, one and three in the SEC. They are 0 and three on the road, by the way. Three and one at home, 0 and three on the road. Um, they lost, let's see, their last couple of games. They beat Vandy last weekend or this past weekend, 17 to 14. Lost to Florida 24 to 17, lost to Georgia 26 to 22, and lost to Auburn the week before that 17 to 14 in overtime. So their three SEC losses have come by a combined 14 points. <clears throat> so it's been a lot of close games for the Missouri Tigers, right? Their defense has been pretty impressive. I would say the defense is the thing that stands out to you. Offense has been just kind of there. 
But certainly none of us will take this game for granted after last year, especially when, you know, you felt like it was a not a kick in, but it felt like a game you should have won. And for whatever reason, Missouri uh, was able to run all over you and they wrote to beat you. So I don't think anybody's going to take this game for granted. Obviously, you look at this game scoring 25 points per game, averaging allowing 24.7 points per game. And so, yeah, go into this one as a must-win situation. No doubt. I, I look at this, guys. I look at this as a must-win situation. Absolutely, uh, absolutely no question. Absolutely no question. It's a must-win situation. Uh, Clemson looks beatable, Coleman says. Uh, B. Hughes, we need to cut Clemson. I, I'm going to be making those B. Hughes in, uh, the comfort colors. Comfort colors. Hunter, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? No problem. Um, yeah, so, all right. So, if we go, hypothetically, we go eight and two, and I don't want to get y'all ahead and get y'all host up and everything, but uh, just say hypothetically, if we go eight and two into Tennessee, um, and it's a night game or something like that, do you think, uh, do you think if game, like, say, say UCLA loses a game, uh, do you think game day will come to uh, Tennessee and Carolina game if we, uh, if we're still ranked in the top? Tennessee. I mean, I hope so. Yeah, I mean that'd be great. I mean, if we were if we were eight and two and Tennessee's either undefeated or nine and one, you know, I, I don't see why they wouldn't come to Columbia. But yeah, man, there's a long way to go. I mean, you're five and two right now. You you got to win the next three. You got to win this weekend. So For sure. um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there's a long way to go. Um, but you know, the fun part is as fans is we can look ahead, we can project, we can we can play the hypothetical stuff like that. But uh, you know, even if you don't beat Tennessee, even if you just got SEC Nation, I mean, even if you just got SEC Nation, that would be a success because it's those type of things that you can really sell your program. It's like a big commercial for your program and your campus and your fan base and everything else. Um, right. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be, I, you know, you can't say for certain. Uh, you never know what game day is right. going to do. But, uh, but yeah, now be, be, you know, I think there'd be a good chance. Be a good chance if you're eight and two. Yeah, I think there's a good yeah, chance. I was gonna say I think it, I think it would be a good idea because you know it's Carolina's last home game, and they might as well make it a night game. You know, at least to make it more fun and stuff, and you know another sellout. And just figured, you know, if we go eight and two and we're still in the high ranks, uh, might as well game day should come. Yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see it. I mean, I'd love to see him come. Come. Uh, I'd love to see him come home. So. No, I'd, I'd love to see it, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's all I have to say. Hunter, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the call. Uh, let's see. Hunter calling in. We're going to have Alex McGrath on, guys. I think he just I think he just texted me. Uh, okay. Okay. So, we are going to have Alex McGrath on today at 1 o'clock or one fifteen. So, this first hour, we are rolling then. We are rolling. Let's see. Yeah, we'll have Alex McGrath on at 115. Uh, he just texted me. He just texted me, so that'll work fine. So, we're going to be taking your questions, comments, calls for this entire first hour, folks. This entire first hour, we will take your questions, your comments, and your calls. Rebecca, what's going on? Appreciate you tuning in. What's up, Rebecca? Yeah, we will have Jeff. Yeah, we'll, what we'll do is this. Okay, 1 o'clock. Let's do 1 o'clock then with Alex McGrath or 105 or something like that. We'll, 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 squeeze, we'll squeeze Alex in before Beamer's presser. 
So we'll squeeze him in before the presser. Here's a fun question from Austin War in the TDC Questions channel of the Big Cock Club Discord. What's your favorite piece of memorabilia? That's a great question, man. That's a great question. I've been able to collect and accumulate a lot, you know, just over the years and, uh, you know, doing this for a while, doing this for a little bit. I, you know, it, it's – I still say probably the coolest thing I've ever been given. So, I, I won't I won't say it's memorabilia, but the American flag that I've got up here that was gifted to me um, by this guy named Adam – and you see that certificate behind it. That that American flag was flown on the back of an Apache helicopter. So, pretty cool. Here we go. Daniel, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up? So, I was just wondering, in your opinion, what do you think the key to better play from Spencer Rattler is going forward? And maybe boost that yardage, boost some touchdowns and stuff on that offensive side of the ball outside of Marshawn Lloyd? Well, his receivers catching the ball would be a great start. Um, I, I think that's a lot different of a narrative today if uh, some balls are brought in. I, I think we're having a much different conversation. I thought Spencer Rattler played fine. I'll be totally honest with you. I mean, he's not perfect by any means, but – I, I thought he played fine. I mean, you got to catch the football, bottom line. So, uh, I thought he made some really nice throws. I, I thought there were a couple out there that he put right on the money and the plays just weren't made. So, um, you know, he, he, he's got to be better, you know, getting the football out, be more crisp. But I, I had no issues with his play Saturday night, to be honest with you. I know the stats aren't there. I don't love the stats either. But, uh, you know, I I had no problem with this play, honestly, against a and Gotcha. Well, I sure do appreciate your time, man. No, dude, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the call. Really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, again, listen, guys, I I, I think that uh, Spencer Rattler's got to be better. There's no doubt. But I just – I didn't come out of the A&M game feeling like he played poorly. I, I really didn't. And I don't I don't go into Mizzou saying, that you know, he he needs to make some huge stride. Like, I think guys have got to catch the football. Um, did he play perfectly? No. Um, I mean, I know, again, I know Shane Beamer said that one where he got hit from behind. That was the, that was his fault. He held on the ball too long, but come on, man. He got freaking blindsided. I mean, I, I understand, but, um, you know, I, I guess that's the exciting thing going into Mizzou is we're still kind of due for that Spencer Rattler game. We're due for Rattler to have one. Will it come? I mean, it, it's crazy to think what his statistics are. It is. It's crazy when you look at what his stats are. But we're winning. We're, we're finding ways to win. I mean, bottom line, we are finding ways to win games. And, and that is really all that matters. I mean, again, how, how much of it do you put on Rattler? How much of it do you put on Satterfield? You put some of it on the drops. You put some of it on the offensive line play at times. Again, I, I didn't leave a and I, I, I didn't leave A&M feeling like Spencer Rattler played poorly. You know, I, I just, you know, he just hasn't had that game. He hasn't had that game yet. He hasn't had that three or four touchdown passing. I don't know if it's going to come. I, I really don't. I really don't. But the bottom line is this, though. We're finding ways to win. We're finding ways to win. 
I, I know we all agree. Listen, the offense has got to be better. We, 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 now that we've you know we've uh, we've processed the A and M win, still feels good to be good on this Tuesday, right? But uh, we can all agree that the offense has got to be better because if it's not, at some point it will catch up to you. As much as I love Beamer Ball and it's Beamer Ball to the moon, you can't count on a kickoff return or a block punt or some of the fortune you've had and you've created. Now, I'm not taking any credit away. You created these opportunities. But, you know, you've been winning games the last few weeks because you've been winning two out of three facets of the game. And one of the facets, obviously, you've been winning a special team. Well, whether it's against Mizzou, whether it's against Vandy, Florida, Tennessee, Clemson, at minimum, one of these games, right, you're going to have a standard special teams game, a normal special teams game in which that facet is even. I won't even say you lose that facet of the game, but it's even, right? And let's say your defense plays well and you win that facet. Your offense is going to have to pick up the slack. You just can't make a living. You're, you can't cheat death, right? It will eventually catch up to you at some point. So we all agree the offense has got to be better. They're going to have to go out there and probably win you a ball game at some point. Can they do it's the question, right? I look at it kind of like baseball. I mean, some days your pitching picks you up. Some days your hitting picks you up. Some days you can do both. But a lot of times it's one or the other. You know, for South Carolina, it's been defense. It's been special teams. At some point, you're going to need your offense to pick you up. And that includes Spencer Rattler, obviously Marshawn Lloyd. That includes some creative play calling. That includes some having some situational awareness play calling. Will the Gamecocks have enough of it down the stretch? That's the question. Uh, again, guys, phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Yeah, Austin Moore, just to continue, though, a guy named Adam gave me that American flag and that certificate, and that American flag was flown on the back of a, an Apache helicopter. And it's crazy, Austin, over the years, the amount of guys I've had. I've had multiple people tell me that, uh, hey, man, you know, I, I found your show when I was deployed. Uh, you know, I was deployed listening to you and keeping up with the Gamecocks. And, and that is just, you know, Austin, you hear that, like, that. that is, that's just like, you're like, whoa. I mean, you're just blown away. You know what I mean? You're just blown away because it's like, you start doing something like this, doing a podcast, doing social media, whatever, and um, you you don't, I guess, maybe realize in the moment the grand scale or, or, or the waves that you can make or the amount of people that you can touch, right? That's the beauty. That's the beauty of the internet and everything we do here. So it's 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 just really come back to the phone lines here. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing real, real good. You're doing. Well, well, okay. um, I, I just wanted to say a few things. Um, yeah. At the end of the first half, we had 95 total yards. 95 total yards. And, and um, it was just like a ton of things. Like we, in my mind, honestly, up until the last play of the game, I thought we was going to lose. I, I really did because we just been having these, these bad breaks. But, um, so first of all, that got to go. That, it, it has to go. Um, I was I was trying to be uh, as patient as I was with him and all of these things, but it's just not working. Um, when it was coming to Spatsley, they were talking about how, the commentators were talking about how he was like moving out of a pocket where he really did not have to move out of pocket. He was either uh, running to his right or to his left. Um, to 
I guess, get a bigger play instead of just taking what was there. And I also, I feel like when it comes down to who we are as a football team, we're not a scoring team. We're just not. Um, we're all about, honestly, special teams, I believe, is our biggest strength on the, on the team. Special teams, defense, and the running game. Not the offense, but just the running game itself. Um, we sit right now at five and two. You know, um, I'm not sure, but I believe a lot of people are going eight and four. I think he's more realistic in your approach of us going six and six, but it'll be a good clean six and six. And now we have the possibility of probably going eight and four. But in all truthfulness, I just feel like we really more or less like a six and six team. We don't appear to be as dominant. And again, I really do believe that the special teams is our best unit on the on the team. I um, listen to what you have to say. Have a good day. Take care, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the call. Um, I, I, I would just say this. You know, I, I think it's important for fans to keep realistic expectations. And because, again, I, I say it all the time, Aaron, it's, it's an entity you have no control over, right? So to, to set these, these crazy high expectations for something you have no control over, it, it can be – a bit of a tricky thing. It can be risky. I mean, I'll say this, though. I picked the Gamecocks to go 8-4 and four in the preseason. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I I don't like doing, like, I know Colin Cowherd, somebody mentioned that he does, when he does NFL picks, he does, um, he'll do, like, his summer predictions, and then he'll do, like, right before the, after the preseason, he makes amendments to those, and at midway point, he changes them again. I don't want to be that guy, I, which, I mean, although although it would be fun content, I guess it could be fun content. I'm sure people would, 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 would you know, be honest, just eat it up, right? I'm sure it'd be fun to just debate and discuss and banter um, in regards to, like, how I project the season now. You know, I, I still don't see us going 9-3, and three, um, but I think anything worse than seven and five would be a would be a massive disappointment just because you're sitting at five and two. I mean, you've set yourself up, and it's why, you know, Aaron, I've I've talked about and I, I brought up a or I, I reposted a clip, and I'm gonna speak on this the rest of the week. But I reposted a clip this morning from May when I was talking about my most important game of this season. My most important game, it is this Mizzou game. And I stand by that today. I do. Now, this game was the most important game for many reasons. Right? For for me, it's like the game you can't lose. Right? The game you can't lose if you're going to have a successful season. Because even if, even with the wins over Kentucky and A&M, doesn't it feel like, I don't want to say it was all for naught because you snapped the streak over A&M, you can't take anything away from that. For sure. But if you, if you lose to Mizzou, you got a great opportunity right now. Right? You've won four in a row. You've got an insane amount of momentum. You've got a great opportunity right now to build on that momentum, right, in games against Missouri and Vanderbilt, and then you go into the quote-unquote orange crush part of the schedule. If you lose to Missouri on your home field on homecoming, you're just – you're really squandering – that momentum and squandering a great opportunity to overachieve in this season, right? I'm not saying you're going to to undo the good things you did against A&M in Kentucky, 
But it's going to sting. It's going to hurt. It, it's it's going to hurt today. It won't mean your season's over, but it, it's just going to be a black mark on this season that's going to be really hard to get over, right? It's just going to be hard to get over it. And that's why I labeled it the most important game because it's just hard for me to label this season a success if you lose that ball game. It, it, it's hard for me to label a success if you lose your fourth straight to Missouri. Like, guys, just looking at the rest of the schedule, losing at Florida in the Swamp, I know Florida's not very good. That, to me, though, is more forgivable than losing to Missouri at home. And, and obviously, you look at Vegas. Vegas has their doubts. Hey, the betters have their doubts because they're betting on Missouri. And I think it's because folks, again, look at our offense, and they say this is going to catch up to them at some point. Because realistically, let's look at it critically now. You look at the last two games. Kentucky, first play of the game, you force a fumble, boom, you're up 7-0. This past weekend, kickoff return for a touchdown, interception, another turnover. You're up 17-0 for you. You can blink. Right? Can you, and I want to believe it, right? Beamer ball to the freaking moon. Beamer ball to the moon. But if you don't get a block punt, if you don't get the big turnovers, if you don't get a kickoff return, let's say special teams is even, can the offense do enough? Right? Last two games, you've you've gone into halftime with less than 100 yards of offense. Less than 100 yards of offense. That, that, that can't happen for a Thursday game. It just can't happen. It can't happen. That cannot happen. And I understand, you know, some will, quote-unquote, invisible yardage. I, I, I get it. I get it. But still, it still can't happen. It just can't happen. You know, I, I, I want to believe that Beamer Ball is going to continue. We're going to continue to win on special teams weekly. And, and I think it's going to continue to happen. Depending on it is and depending on the turnovers and I think it's just offensive struggles is probably why you see that spread be so low I'm not saying Vegas knows what the hell they're talking about right I mean this is a game we should win it's a swing game somebody commented earlier they said uh they said let's see do you call them the Mizzou game Jeff Sweat says do you call the Mizzou game a swing game or a momentum killer Jeff, it's only a momentum killer if, if you lose. It's a swing game. Mizzou's a swing game. Um, you're favored, so you should win. You're at home. I think you should win. I think we'd all agree it's a game you should win. But it is a swing game. And it has to be labeled a swing game until, you know, you show you're going to beat Mizzou. Guys, you have not beaten Missouri since the monsoon game. I mean, it's been a long time. That's in, It's crazy to think about. Crazy to think about. History means nothing. We've seen it last two weeks. Last two weeks. Here we go. Will, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing well. What's going on? So, I think this game could be referred to as uh, let's see if it's the same old game talk again. Like, this is a game where if we can win it, you know, we'll put to bed a lot of the, you know, a little bit of the 
the Gamecock curse as far as like every time we finally do something well, we do something bad right after. This is that game right there where you just – it feels like a Gamecock kind of way to lose, right? Like everything's going right for you. you got a team that's beatable at home. And you, you can't squander this one because if you do, immediately fans are going to be like, oh, see, we're just the same old Gamecock again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, listen, fairly or unfairly, yeah, I mean, I, I think folks will will do that, yeah. Fairly or unfairly, yeah. Yeah, so I just feel like this is that kind of game where – and if we win, man, we're 6-2, and two, we're bowl eligible eight games in. How beautiful is that? Yeah, I mean, I, I – mean, I, 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 I'm going to be at the stadium. I'm going to be hyped. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just say this. I, I don't know that I, I will approach it as if you lose same old Gamecocks. I mean, it'll just be, like I said, it'll be – It'll be a shame that you squandered such momentum. You know what I mean? Because you, you have so much right now. So, you know, yeah. in, a, in a game that you should win. I mean, I just call it what it is. You should win. Yeah. You should win at home, homecoming. You should win. You should win. Yeah, like this game is more winnable than the last two we just won, I feel like. So that's why it's like, man, we got we to gotta capitalize and, and make good on on this game and get the bowl eligibility and got Vanderbilt next week on the road and, and that that you know because these next three games these are games that we could all win you know and, and I know everybody's already like oh it's, what if we're eight and two and we could be but we got to win this first one first right but it's definitely games that are all winnable you know and that and that feels good I just want to get the bowl eligibility man and 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 you know just get that because last year it was the week before the Clemson game where we got bowl eligible. So it's like, it'd be so much earlier, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, for sure, man. For, again, it's, it's a, it's a huge game. I mean, I, I labeled it literally, man, over the summer, the most important game of the season. I, I just, you know, and, and that, you know, I, I labeled that because I felt like to have a successful year to, to overachieve, to get to seven plus wins, you need to win it. You could maybe still get to seven. I think there's a good chance you can get to seven, even if you lose it. But Right, man, you're riding such a high right now, and you've really got an opportunity now. Like I said, to kick the door down and and uh, and show that the last two weeks per se weren't a fluke, and that you're you know you're a real team, and it's a great opportunity for the offense to make some strides, and again, just a great opportunity as a whole. And on your home field, you got to protect your home field, man. You got to protect your home field. Like I said, I I could live with losing at Florida. It's like, hey, tough place to play. We we we've struggled there. Historically, I know Florida's not great. Mizzou, and I think we all agree, too, for South Carolina to start elevating themselves back up as a program, like the Kentucky and Mizzou games, you need to win those on a consistent basis. You, you can't have a four-game losing streak to Missouri hanging over your head. You, you just you, – you, Absolutely. So. Absolutely. One more quick thing. Last time I was at a Missouri game was 2012. That was and, a fun uh, one. We beat Missouri. Yeah. We, we beat Missouri pretty good that game. Yeah. Uh, I think Connor Shaw had like an 80-yard run call back or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was the uh, that, that was the Connor Shaw 20 of 21 game. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was at that Flawless. game, one of the historical games. Mm -hmm. God God bless the dead. My nephew, we partied like a motherfucker on that, at that game, and it was a great atmosphere. And it just eerily – because it was the same time. Wasn't it, wasn't it like a 3.30, 4 o'clock kickoff, if I'm not mistaken? It was almost yeah, the same three, time. Yeah, 3.30 CBS, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, so hopefully we can have some a similar result on this yeah. one. Yeah, and uh, that's it, man. I'll jump off, brother. Well, I appreciate man. it, man. Thank you. Great stuff. Great call. Um, yeah, gonna be a really fun one. I, I would expect another sellout. By the way, that was a fun game. By the way, 2012. I saw somebody asking, "What's your favorite Missouri game memory?" Yeah, I mean, it's it's gotta be. 
it's got to be 2013, right? I mean, the the, the Connor Shaw uh, comeback. I mean, it's it, it has to be. It has to be. It has to be. I saw Coleman commenting, Coleman Hall saying that, you know, the South Carolina's only won Georgia State and Texas A&M because of special teams. And, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. I get what you're saying. I, I'm just saying, though, that you look at Kentucky as well. You had that big play to start. You did have a block punt in that one also. I won't say you won that one because of special teams. Um, you know, I, I'm just saying, though, whether it be special teams, whether it be turnovers, right? If there's a point where that doesn't happen and the offense hack actually has to perform, you know, to go win the ball game, can they do it? Can they do it? You know, because I, I think that's still – I think that's the biggest fear right now is that at some point the weaknesses on offense are going to be exposed and we won't be able to overcome it. And I understand that fear because the offense, even in these last two games, has not been great. I mean, second half against Kentucky was was good. And then I thought there were some second half adjustments made against AM. Certainly that last drive of the game, eight play drive, seven of the eight were runs. And I think that needs to be probably your identity. Maybe not running it so much, but running the offense through Marshawn Lloyd. But that's the greatest fear. I mean, that's my fear. That's that's my fear. You go into a game like this, and your offense just can't do anything. So, I mean, Beamer ball to the moon. I, I hope to continue to see special teams plays and opportunistic defense, but... You know, some, at some point, you're going to need your offense to pick you up. You're going to need your offense to pick you up. They're going to have to play well. Let's see. J-Mo in the TDC Questions channel says, spot on Chris, wide receivers must have catches. Yeah. Wide receivers got to catch the football. I mean, I listen, I, I'll come down on sap every day of the week, but uh, receivers got to catch the ball. Bottom line. Also, Austin, back back to his question, favorite piece of memorabilia? That signed shirt, our guy Connor got. Love it. Except, Chris. Dave, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, Chris, you know, we made a hell of a statement for us uh, recruiting with the Texas A&M game and Although the game's at 4 o'clock, it'll start getting dark just before the end of the game. So, we can have a, another little fireworks show. But the question I have for you mm-hmm. is tailgating is going to be at its best Saturday. The question I have for you is that's those or Bernie's. I'll take it <laughs> off the air. See you soon, my friend. Dave, I appreciate it, man. Zestos or Bernie's? You're you're really putting me up against it right here because I'm probably going to piss somebody off. Um, you know what's funny about this question though is I I don't know that I can even judge it fairly. I've never had Zestos fried chicken. Now I've had Bernie's fried chicken and it slaps. I mean, Bernie's fried chicken is fuego. And so I've had Zestos. I've had the burger. And Zestos, phenomenal. So if I'm going game day, though, I've got to say Bernie's because I've had the fried chicken. 
And listen, I show I see Sean. I, I'm not a I'm not a don't eat chicken on game day guy. I I it's showing it it don't bother me, bro. It doesn't bother me at all. I've eaten chicken on game day and I've not eaten chicken on game day. And I mean, it, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Um, but both are really good. Both are really good. I will say that. But I'm not trying to give you a cop-out answer, but if if I gotta pick one for a game day, I'll go Bernie's. So, <clears throat> let's see. Muamba, whatever the name is, says, who would have predicted Leggett 100-yard return? I don't think we're being fair with the OC. Do you think the players would try as hard if they thought he was a bad coach? Um, There's a lot to unpack there. I don't think anybody would have predicted Leggett's 100-yard return, first off. Second off, I mean, listen, I, I hope the players believe in their coach. I, I hope they do. And I, and I know we saw Marshawn Lloyd's tweet. and I mean, God, man, I hope they believe in him. I, I, I truly do. That being said, I, you know, again, my biggest problem with Marcus Satterfield is this. Because I, I, don't, I don't pretend to be some OC. I don't pretend to be a football coach. From my vantage point, though, my biggest issue with Marcus Satterfield is this. The situational awareness or lack thereof. First and goal from the five-yard line. The countless questionable third down calls. And just having an overall feel of the game. You know, instinct is something I don't think you can teach it. You either got it or you don't. And we've talked to multiple folks about this, guys that have been in the game of football that know a thing or two about it, have played at South Carolina, played at the college level. And we've talked to different parties about this instinct and having instinct as a play caller. And it just feels like it's one of those things you either have it or you don't have it. And so I don't dislike Sat. I've got no personal vendetta against him. I want to see him succeed. But that's my biggest issue is there's just too many times during the course of a game where I'm sitting there scratching my head going, how does that make any sense? That doesn't make sense. And I think it doesn't make sense from the casual football watcher that knows nothing to people that played the game at the highest level. That's my biggest issue with that is the situational awareness or lack thereof. And you could go beyond that. You could go identity. You could go just purely play-to-play play calling. And I'm not saying, Mwamba, that the, the execution, right, it needs to be better. But it, but at some point, how long, how long can – how for the, for the few sat defenders left, how long can you bail it out? You know, I – as long as you're winning, winning cures all. That's what I I find myself watching the offense scratching my head. Robbie Davis, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Uh, I mean, there ain't no sense in lying about it, right? There have been some boneheaded, absolute, in the words of Hank Hill from King of the Hill, asinine play calls from Satterfield, okay, where you, me, and 
probably everyone else in Gamecock Nation are literally looking at him going, why in the world would you make that play call knowing good and well they know what's coming? Like, for instance, whenever you, whenever they put, whenever he puts Bill in the backfield and it's just him in the backfield, the defense automatically knows, okay, the ball's going to Bell. We're going to rush, and we're going to stop him before he even gets going. That is why he has not – that's why – I feel like that's one of the reasons why Bell has not had a breakout game because every time we put him in, they already know where the ball's going. You've got to figure out ways to get him the ball without them knowing what he's going to do. If he's lining up in the backfield, they automatically know you're going to run the football. They're not they're, – they're, they're keying on it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're predictable in a, in a lot of different instances. We are predictable. Yeah, And you have to be unpredictable in order for you to have a successful offense, no yeah. matter where – no matter where you're playing, if it's college – pros even high school for god's sake you got to be unpredictable if your offense is predictable your opponent's going to have a heyday right and it's not going to end well so i i I honestly i don't know how the offense will do this week because the only time i watched missouri play was whenever they played georgia and i don't know if it was pure luck or if missouri just had has that good of a team, but that game was closer than I expected. Mm. I'm hoping it was just dumb luck for Missouri and we flat out just give Missouri a butt cutting. Okay. And and I think it's, I think it's possible, Robbie, because I I don't think Missouri is a great team. I think I picked them to go five and seven or six and six. I don't think so either. And I picked you, I think in the, I, I, over the summer, I think my score was something like 40 to 21, 45 to 21, something like that. And, um, you know, but, but I picked that and thinking that the offense was going to be clicking to a degree. Um, and, and I, and I, and I see that I see some folks in the chat. I see a guy, Cam Johnson talking about people are complaining and, Listen, I, I literally, I literally had the stogie in my mouth on TDC yesterday. So I, I can promise you, this isn't the doom and gloom show. Everybody's fired up and excited. I'm still on cloud nine oh, and yeah. giddy, but you know, at some point, you've got to look at things, you know, the positives and also the things that there's left to be desired and be critical about things. And it can't just mm-hmm. all be sunshine pump. And if you want that, there's plenty of entities out there that. You can go check out. Do they'll that. they'll just they'll just stroke your ego and make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And, and again, I I think the offense. I'm still optimistic that the offense can be good enough to get eight and four, even per se. Definitely seven and five. But yeah, I mean it, it's yeah. it's it's still concerning that you have less than a hundred yards of offense at halftime. It's concerning that. And I understand there was a lot of invisible yardage, but you have under three hundred yards of offense in the game. As long as you're winning, it doesn't matter. Listen, as long as you're winning. Winning cures all. But, you know, again, yeah, I, as I, I said earlier, I just think the fear – I think the fear is that, you know, the offense, it will at some point catch up to you. So, you know, again, I don't I don't pretend right. to be I, some OC or or, mm-hmm. or a head football coach, but it's it's just there's there's times where – and there were plenty of times against A&M where you're just scratching your head just right. like what is going on on the offensive side. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense with 
the personnel you feel like yeah. you have. So, I, you know, I don't know. And I told somebody this during the game Saturday night. I said, I don't care. How, I mean, obviously, I want our offense and defense to be great. But I was like, I don't care how many yards we give up. The only stat that I care about is the final score at the end of the game. As long as we get that, I could care less if we give up 300 yards. I could care less. Do I want us to give up 300 yards on defense? No, I don't. But if we win the main stat that matters, and that is the score, okay, I could care less. I don't care. A win is a win. I don't care how it happens. I don't care what happens. I don't care what they have to do. As long as we win, that is what matters, period. Right, and, and, I, and I will say this, pointing to uh, – I'm just – I'm reading the comments while you're talking, Robbie. Brandon Wagner talking about and, – and the, and, the, and the greatest positive is this, the fact that you always want to make your greatest strides and learn lessons while winning, right? That, that is such a luxury to be able to yeah. come out of victory, right? Because you're inevitably going to learn in defeat. I mean, you are, right? You are. But if you have the discipline to learn after victories and successes, you know, that, that, that's a great thing. So, I mean, it, it's a luxury that, you know, we'd right. much rather be in this position saying, hey, we need to improve here. Happy to be ranked. Happy to be five and two. Brighter, even brighter days are ahead. Um, but, you know, you'd rather be in this position than, man, the offense looks great, but we're not winning games. Well, why is that? You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, I think Gamecock fans are ecstatic right now. Again, certainly, I think Gamecock fans are are uh, are to the moon right now. But, you know, I, it's it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at the team and, and say, hey, offensively, we got to pick it up. We, we, we got to pick it up offensively. I, we're we're going to need right. the offense down the stretch to play better football. They're, they're, they're capable of it, but we just need to see it. You know what I mean? So that, that's not being negative. Right. That's not being – that's not complaining. That's just literally calling a spade a spade. If you can't live with that, I don't – I don't really know what to tell you. So, and we've got to definitely do exactly what we did to kick off. Well, not to 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 start a game. I'm not saying run another kickoff back. But yes, would that be awesome? Yes, it would. But we have got to start off a game the way we started it off this past week. Okay, mm-hmm. play with some fire in your gut with the you're you're not going. We're we're not going to be the ones getting pushed around tonight. This is not mm. no. The ones that are going to be doing the pushing around is us. Mm. Okay, because this is our house, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. If we punch Missouri in the mouth from the get go and stay on them, I don't think Missouri can. I don't think I don't think Missouri is good enough to keep up. Yeah. I mean, again, this is a game I expect to win. You know, I'm not trying to spoil a prediction or anything later in the week, but I'm expecting us to win this game. <laughs> I mean, bottom line. I mean, we're at home. It's homecoming. We're favored. And I don't think Mizzou's all that great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying we're world beaters by any stretch, but this is a game you should win. Bottom line, it's a game you right. should win. And I will have my prediction for you on Thursday. Beautiful. Love to hear that. As always. Yeah, I love to hear that. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and get over here. 
you uh, have a great rest of your day. And um, by the way, you should definitely try, you should, you should plan a, I don't know how you would do it, but you should definitely plan a trip and come to Orangeburg and hopefully they're open, but you should come to Dario in Orangeburg and get a curly burger. Okay, I, I will do that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. Instead of regular cheese, they put pimento cheese on it. It's pretty good. But uh, mm. that's it. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, go Gamecocks and to heck with them pussycats in the upstate. I love it. Robbie Davis, legend. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. Have a good one, man. Yeah, man. You too. Great stuff. Uh, 843-790-3377. I'll say this, too, because I see Cam Johnson going back and forth. Cam, you're welcome to call in. I, I, I stand by what I said. And I'm not saying, yeah, but, Cam, I, I'm leading with the emotion of I'm ecstatic, I'm happy, we're 5-2, and two, we're ranked. I'm giddy, my friend. What I, what I don't like is we win on Saturday – and people can't even happy for be be happy for two seconds. I don't mind if you have energy on both sides. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting more from the offense. That's all I'm saying. Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, man? Uh, I'm just, you know, calling in again on my lunch break, and I wanted to uh, sort of ask you a question here now obviously the special teams has been absolutely elite this year uh best special teams in the country what we're doing in that phase of the game is just amazing to watch honestly but my my concern here is that you know you you're not going to be able to expect to block a punt you know every single time or get you know a gigantic uh punt in great field position every single time, like the, the special teams are going to make a mistake, right? So my question to you is, do you feel like the offense is going to be able to, you know, pick up, uh, you know, the baton, so to speak, if the special teams isn't able to make a big play every single time? Because I feel like when I was watching that game against Texas A&M, you know, it was a great team effort. Defense played elite. Special teams played elite. But whenever our defense got a big turnover or our special teams, you know, got a really good punt and put our defense in great field position, I didn't feel like, you know, if we were able to get a three and out, that our offense was going to be able to make a big play every single time right. and, and get us the momentum we needed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's the question, Dalton, obviously. And, again, that that's not being – I will make that clear again. I shouldn't have to, but I will. That's not being negative. And, and, but, but we just all know, right, that at some point, again, it's, I look at it like the game of baseball. You know, sometimes your, your offense picks you up. Sometimes your fielding, your defense picks you up. And sometimes the hitting has to pick you up, right? You're going to win some games two to one. You might have to win a game ten to nine, though. And so with this football team, right, you you might have to beat Missouri 38 to 35. I mean, I hope not, but you might. It might call for it. You know what I mean? It's not all the games are built equally. You know, maybe your defense has an off day. Can your offense pick you up? You know, 
or even if they don't have that much of an off day, but like you're mentioning, you just don't get the game-changing turnover. You don't get the game-changing special teams play. Or, or maybe Missouri gets the special teams play, or they get the big turnover on defense. Can you overcome that? And to overcome that, your offense is probably going to have to pick you up. So, I, I don't think that uh, – I listen, I'm down to win every game with special teams and defense. I, you know, I'm cool with it. I love Beamer. Hey, listen, let me say this. <laughs> Selfishly, the way we've been winning games, great for business, my friend. Great for the Beamer Ball brand. Great for that. But would I also like to score 50? Yeah, I would. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to watch. So, well, I mean, the thing about it is special, special teams is kind of weird like that. Right. Obviously, from an execution standpoint, we're executing on special teams better than any other team in the nation. But you can't just expect to block a punt every single time or get a huge return when you need it or, you know, have a, have a punt bounce your way and, you know, coffin corner them into the end zone every single time. It's, it's just not going to happen. You know, I mean, when it does happen, it's great. And I, and I love it. And I don't want to discount the special teams unit like a lot of other fan bases are and saying, oh, well, you know, special teams don't really matter. They're on the field the least of any other unit. Like, it, it matters. And we've been seeing that it matters these through the entire season pretty much. But it, it's like, you know, with your baseball analogy, you can't – expect to hit a home run every single time you know all you can do is expect to make contact kind of with the you know the same way as the turnovers last year you know we were very very good at creating turnovers last year on defense not as good this time because turnovers you know it's just a heads up play that you have to create in the moment it's not like there are certain things you can do to make that happen you know right you can just put yourself in the best situation to make that happen. And I feel like our defense and special teams are putting themselves in the best situation to win. But our offense, you know, aside from a couple big plays here or there, really isn't doing that much. Now, credit to Spencer Rattler. I think he had probably the best game of his tenure here so far. Every single ball, it seemed like, was placed in a good spot. Um the receivers weren't catching them though a lot of the time yeah. so that needs to be fixed and if you um, and if you, I was going to say Dalton Boyd. if you want to if you want to look at the bright side for the offense right you know maybe this offense after and and you know I know some will scoff at this but I'm just trying to look at all angles here maybe this offense is is on the verge of having their breakout game maybe it comes this weekend maybe it comes you know against Vandy but you know maybe you know if a couple of those passes are caught you know, Marshawn Lloyd's going to do Marshawn Lloyd things. Offensive line's been improving. Like you mentioned, Rattler just, I think, played his best game in regards to passing the football and placing it. Maybe they're maybe they're closer than we're giving them credit for. You know what I mean? Because I mean, if, if you complete a couple of those deep shots and a couple of those passes that were dropped, narrative might be a little bit different. I think it is different today, obviously. I think it's much different. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think Spencer Rattler last night or on Saturday night, we saw sort of what he is capable of doing with that deep shot to Brooks. Obviously, Brooks didn't catch it, but you go back and you watch the tape. That exemplifies what everybody was saying Spencer Rattler could be 
And if he could complete more of those, I mean, again, it wasn't really on him. It was on Brooks for not making the catch. But, you know, if, if he could trust his receivers to make a grab like that, get a big touchdown, grab some momentum back, it would definitely change the perception of this team. And, you know, I, I feel I would feel very, very good going into the final stretch of our season. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we see it against uh, Mizzou. Mizzou obviously plays very physical on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that against Georgia. I don't think that they're really a supremely talented team. But a, as we've seen, Mizzou can sort of sneak up on you when you're not expecting them, you know. That's that's the main issue with them. So I'm hoping to see a, a good performance like I did against Texas A&M and, and uh, to get the win on Saturday. And I expect us to win. I, it would be a disappointment if we did lose. But, you know, I, I feel good about it. Yeah. No, I do too. I mean, listen, you've won four in a row. you got as much confidence as you could ask to have at this point. You know what I mean? So I, I think South Carolina should be – should be rolling into this one. The fan base should be rolling into this one with maximum confidence, no doubt. So, all right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you go. You have a good one, Dalton. I appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure chatting with you. No problem. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff, guys. Uh, we are going to jump into a quick break. On the other side, though, we're gonna have my good friend Alex McGrath. He will join the show. We'll chat for about 15 or 20 minutes, and then we'll dive into Shane Beamer's presser. A busy, busy Tuesday here on this Tuesday. Folks, on the other side, we'll talk to Alex McGrath, and we'll take more of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. Okay, we are back here on this Tuesday, taking your questions, comments, and calls. Guys, we got Shane Beamer upcoming at 1.30 for his weekly press conference. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. The banter has been electric thus far today. And, of course, every single Tuesday he joins us a little bit later than normal today, but really excited to get his insight, his thoughts on what was a magical night at Williams-Brice Stadium as the Gamecocks are now 5-2 and two. After their win over Texas A&M, again, he joins us every Tuesday, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath. Alex, what's going on, man? Appreciate you taking the time. How you doing, buddy? No, I'm sorry about uh, having to punt from our normal time, uh, which apparently wouldn't have worked anyway because apparently all the major cell phone data networks went down at noon for a little while today anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick you and get you back in here. We got some audio technical. I don't know why it's you specifically, or maybe it's me. I don't know. I'm gonna kick you, and we're gonna get you back in here. All right, so we make sure the audio is uh is good, and I'm gonna refresh probably my end too. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, just give me like a minute, and we'll get you back in. All right, cool. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, I don't want the frog noise. I don't want the. I don't know why. I don't know why that happens. I'm gonna refresh on my end, guys. Give me two. Okay, I am back. For those that don't realize, Alex has joined us before, and there's been like a – it almost sounds like an oink in the background, and I have no idea why. Um, I am going to resend Alex this link, and if it doesn't work, 
we'll just probably have to kind of rock and, and, and make the most of it or, or make the best of it. But uh, let's see. Hopefully, I don't know why it – like, I, I genuinely don't know what that could be. I don't know if that's a melon thing because that happens to nobody else except him. That happens to nobody else except him here. Let's, let's try this again. All right, Alex, what's up, man? Maybe. Yeah, I think I think we're better now. Hopefully, yeah. Okay. Dude, it's it's literally like an it sounds like an oink sound in the background. I don't know. You're the only person it happens to. I like I, I maybe there is a pig in my office somewhere. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Are you hiding Mush Champ under your desk? <laughs> the hackers are coming in full force. <laughs> that was too much. I shouldn't have said that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> hey, I appreciate well, you taking the time, man. Yeah, I mean, hey. Oh, hey, yeah. No, absolutely. I, hey, we get, to, we get to cut up and make jokes. He gets $13 million of our money. I, I'd call it fair. I, I'd call it a fair. I mean, I, listen, <laughs> I'd be more than happy for people to just roast me on the internet right. all day <laughs> right. if I had been paid $21.5 million not to coach football anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Alex, how was the weekend outside of the obvious? It was good, man. It was good. I do a I do a golf trip every year um, with a bunch of my high school buddies, and so we got to play Pine Needles, Mid Pines, and Tobacco Road this weekend. So it was a it was a good time. Golf trip, and I'm sure you were off the links in time to watch the game too. So y'all probably had a hell of a weekend then. We did. Yeah. We did. So it was a good yeah. time. That's nice. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's like me. It's me and one other guy that are that went to Carolina. Everybody else mm. went to Clemson. So we had to watch oh. the sweat at the bar at Pinehurst number two after we finished our morning round. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Unfortunately, Syracuse couldn't couldn't close the deal for us, but uh, no matter. Which I mean, I, it's, it's Syracuse. Should any of us be shocked by that? Syracuse, for whatever reason, has given them. So many problems. I mean, I love to see it year after year, but it's it's interesting. I, I was going to say, Alex, speaking of golf trips, um, I guess I haven't really announced this yet, but uh, we're, we're going to be heading down to Hilton Head, uh, my, my latest business or my newest business partner, Carolina Cigars. We're doing we're going to do like a little live meet and greet, maybe even like a show on a Wednesday night. But that Thursday, we're going to play golf on the island. I don't know if we're going to do Palmetto Dunes or somewhere else, but first time your guys ever played any sort of beach golf ever. So looking forward to it. Oh, never, never played yeah. golf on Hilton. I love Hilton there too, but I never played golf down there. So very excited. Very cool, man. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Um, we, we, we might need to get around good before ones. then, so I can so I can sharpen up a little bit. <laughs> sharpen, sharpen the sharpen the tools yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah. Or you know what? It's better to just go out there, dry hacks, no expectations. Then you can only exceed the expectations. So. And you've forgotten all your bad habits. So, yeah. I mean, it's really double prizes. Exactly, exactly. I, I feel like you can play too much because I used to, like, when I would play all the time, again, it's, you know, like I told you, Alex, the game of golf, it's so much fun, but it's our own expectations that ruin it. It's like when you're playing all the time, you expect to play well. And then, like, you know, when I when I worked in golf, you'd have people that come out there and they, they haven't played in a year and they, 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 they have these tempers, right? And it's like, why are you – you don't practice. <laughs> In, in nothing else in life would you expect to do well when you when you don't practice or don't pay it any attention. Why is golf the thing, like literally the hardest sport on planet Earth, you think you're going to come out and, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Break the course record. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, anyways, though, Alex, we're here to talk football again. That's why I got you here, and I appreciate you always taking the time. What a night it was. Um, Gamecocks finally get that Aggie-sized monkey off their back, taking down Texas A&M. Man, we'll start with just the very first play of the game. Xavier Leggett takes it to the house 100 yards. 
Um, I know you weren't in the building. I was, dude, electric. Doesn't even begin to describe it. Uh, your thoughts, man, just sitting there watching the game, and you could not have asked for a better start from that to the interception to the whatever you want to call it, fumble pick, whatever turnover thing Tonky Hemingway had, up 17 to nothing in the blink of an eye. I mean, we we literally couldn't have scripted a better start on Saturday night. No, it was just like it just started piling on, and then you know that's going to put them in a more aggressive situation where it's going to lead to more turnovers potentially. You couldn't you you couldn't have scripted anything better. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, dude, I tell you what, being in the building too, man. I I, I was not in there for 2012 Georgia, the Ace Sanders return. Um, I've had my fair share of loud moment moments. That that was. That was definitely one of the loudest moments I've ever heard Williams Fly Stadium. I mean, the top came. It had to be. It, it, it was, oh yeah, it was pandemonium. Pan- and the roar after the fact for like five consecutive minutes of just because people were just so. And then it went right into sandstorm on the on the on the ensuing kickoff. I mean, just just pure madness. Um, on the offensive side, Alex, let's go ahead and get this out of the way because that's still the area where I think you have the most left to be desired, right? Under 100 yards of offense going into halftime for the second consecutive game. And granted, some of that was, quote-unquote, invisible yardage because you had the the opening kickoff return. You had a couple of short fields. You know, what's interesting, Alex, is I'm not going to say the offense played well. I, I think that would be a little too strong. But I look at, like, Spencer Rattler, for example. I thought he played arguably his best game of the season. He, he looks much better to me. He looks much more comfortable, much more confident, was putting the ball in the money. He made a couple of throws on Saturday night that you looked at and you said, Alex, this is why you brought him here. There's only a handful of quarterbacks that can get that football to that spot in the way, in the manner in which he just did. And you look at some of the passes that were dropped. If those are completed, you, the stat sheet looks a lot different. And I think the narrative around his play – is a lot different here early in this week. Uh, and then, of course, you look at Marshawn Lloyd, who I think we would all agree should be the focal point of this offense. The fact that he only had three or four carries in the first half was absolutely criminal in my mind. Um, but all in all, you're getting these wins, Alex, right? So so winning cures all. And I, I'm going to get into the Satterfield thing in just a second. But what you saw from the offense in regards to Spencer Rattler, the receivers and their struggles, if you will, Marshawn Lloyd, the offensive line, just as a whole, what you took away from that offensive performance on Saturday night? Like the first half yardage, you don't really worry about because of exactly what you said, the hidden yardage that's out there. So, I mean, your first technically three possessions, one was a kickoff return for a touchdown. So you don't touch the ball. A&M gets the ball. You get a turnover. You're on a short, extremely short field. A&M gets the ball back. They turn it over again. Again, you're on an extremely short field. So just like the amount of possessions you had in the first half was just lessened by that, especially with the amount of yards you could have picked up. Um, obviously, Marshawn Lloyd's the guy we've got to get the ball to more than three or four times in the first half. Not sure. Like, and on top of that, like the, the um, interception on their first possession, throwing the ball into the end zone three straight times was – Curious? Less than ideal. Less than ideal. It was curious. Um, <laughs> that's, about as kind, was, that's about as kindly as you could say it. It was curious. <laughs> it, was, it was very curious. Um, and then, <sighs> you know, the, the second time, I mean, they kind of scripted it perfectly where, you know, Christian Beale Smith just powering through people to get in there. So, I mean, that, that worked nicely. Um, 
And then, you know, the rest of the second half just looked like our normal first halves look like. So, I mean, I don't know that it was necessarily surprising or shocking. It was just being able to – like the last two weeks we've been able to start really fast because of something good that's either happened on defense or special teams. Concerningly, I don't think you can depend on that keeping up for the next – what is that? Five games? Um so that that's an area of concern for sure, and just again, just curious play calling. Yeah, and that's my biggest thing, Alex, in regards to the play calling. I, I don't even know if it's that the play in, play out, because I, I tell people I don't pretend to be an OC or a football coach, and you know, you actually wore the garnet and black. You played at the collegiate level. My thing, though, watching this offense and, and watching this team is is the situational awareness or lack thereof. And I, and I don't expect it to change. I, I just think at this point, Marcus Satterfield is who he is. And I'm not even saying he's a terrible OC. I just think we can do a lot better. And it, it just, I feel like there's too many times in a game that, like you mentioned, the play calls are curious. There's too many times I'm scratching my head wondering, you know, because I, you know what I get tired of saying it is, well, you know, if it works, you look like a genius. Well, the problem is it's not working enough. You know what I mean? Like, like you could get away with that with Spurrier because with more, more often than not, it did work, right? So mm-hmm. if you went for it and it didn't work, it's like, well, I mean, you know, it's one of those risks you take. And, you know, I think back to 2014 at Auburn, Steve Spurrier knew we couldn't stop anybody worth a lick on defense. We went for it like eight times on fourth down. But I think we got six of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, but with Satterfield, it, it just, there's too many times where I'm like, well, you know, I guess if it works, you you look like a genius, but it's not working. That that's the problem. And there's, there's just so many times, like you mentioned, the the goal to go first and goal to go from the five, and you, and you throw three straight passes, or you got these third downs that you're just like, it's 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 hard to understand. You know, you know, and, and again, I, I think the execution obviously could have been a lot better. But uh, what do you see from that? I mean, do you feel the same way? Like I said, I, I just feel like there's so many times during the course of a game where fans are sitting there scratching their head just wondering where's the instinct where's the situational awareness at i mean i I, i'm gonna sound like a broken record i just think it's overly complicated more than anything else it's just like a perfect example like the the fade they threw to stogner on that first interception return like if you're gonna do that do that on first down like, catch them by surprise. Everybody thinks you're going to come out and just, like, run Marshawn Lloyd at them. Like, widen Stogner out and throw the kid a fade. Like, in the other piece of that was there was another receiver in that area, which is – I don't know if that was the – like somebody ran to the wrong place, but that's not an ideal situation to throw a fade into when you've got lots of traffic in that area of the end zone. So, you know, that kind of stuff leaves something to be desired. And again, with the situational awareness, I mean, it like the plays, you know, like I, I would say from an accuracy standpoint, Spencer probably has best night throwing the ball deep on target. We just had a couple of drops. Um, and so like, you know, situationally those plays, if you hit those, it looks a lot better. It looks like it's working and we just haven't hit those yet. But I, I guess for all intents and purposes, at least we're trying them. Um, I just wish it was a little cleaner. And I think bringing that back to a more base level offense will clear a lot of that up. It's just, is that what we're going to do? 
Now, Alex, on the flip side, I will say this. To look at it glass half full, right, versus glass half empty, you know, maybe you could argue that this offense is on the verge of having their breakout game, whether it come this weekend, next weekend, what have you. Because, again, we can all acknowledge the offensive line's playing better. Marshawn oh, Lloyd's yeah. a beast. He, he's your focal point, as he should be. You know where you at least really strongly feel like you've got weapons on the outside. Heck, you know it. You've seen these guys make plays. And I'd argue Spencer Rattler is playing with the most comfortability and confidence he's played with at any point this season. You know, if you start to execute at a little bit higher of a level, you know, maybe you're on the verge of having that breakout performance that we've been hoping for through the first seven games. Oh, absolutely. And that that could 100% be the case going down the stretch here. We're finally, after South Carolina State and Charlotte and beating Kentucky at Kentucky, you come back and you beat Texas A&M, like that confidence that we talk about building week over week over week is going to pay off. And it looks like you're right there on the edge of that paying off. And so, you know, we could we could have this conversation after the Missouri game. It's like, oh, there it is. That's what it was supposed to look like. And, you know, it, it feels like we are close to that because I, I agree. I think Spencer's throwing the ball with a lot more confidence right now than he was six weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Alex, and maybe this is just my, my hopeful optimism, maybe it's the result of winning four straight games or my garnet and, black gut, garnet and black blood pulsing through my veins. But I, I want to believe, I don't know if it's going to be this week, I don't know if it's Vandy, I don't know if it's Florida, I want to believe that there's going to be a breakout game for the offense. Like, I I, I just, man, doesn't, doesn't it feel like it's hard to stomach that, like, we're just going to go through the entire season and the offense isn't going to have a big day. Like, and I know Charlotte and yeah. SC State are big, but I'm talking about against quality competition. Like, it's just hard for me to to accept and believe that this offense isn't going to have one day where it all clicks. I mean, we're, we're, cl- we're close to the point in the season last year where it clicked. And you just go out there yeah, and run I'm, roughshod over Florida, and then you're able to hang yeah. with Missouri, and then you run roughshod over Auburn. So, I mean, we're close to the point where it happened last season. Again, from a curious perspective, why does it take seven games to get there when you've got a spring practice and an offseason? But we'll hash that out later. Right, right. That, that, a conversation for another time, my friend. One that will <laughs> most certainly be had. Um, and hopefully it, somebody with a little more power than we have. Right, right, for sure, for sure. The bright side, though, Alex, is this, is that we're having these conversations in the midst of a four-game winning streak. Um, and, and this team is winning, and really it's calling card – you're doing just enough offensively. Again, I think Marshawn Lloyd is obviously the credit for that. But uh, defensively, special teams, and I talked about this on the podcast that dropped yesterday. But my biggest takeaway, Alex, from that game, really on Saturday night to this point in the season, and this is selfishly such a great thing for business because of the whole Beamer ball thing and pushing that Beamer ball to the moon. This is such a Beamer team, though. Like, like when I think of Beamer and I think of Virginia Tech, Right, I think of these yeah. hard nose, gritty, the lunch pail thing at Boston. I think of these bring your lunch pail type of teams. They're not flashy. They're not sexy. They're just going to punch you in the face. They're going to win two out of three facets. They're going to win the special team side, and they're just going to find ways. And right now it's working. Right now it's working, and, and it really is a testament to, to Shane Beamer, his staff, you know, what they're doing. Obviously, you look at the defense. I, I thought they were the unsung heroes, you know, offense – it's more fun to complain about the offensive struggles than it is to to laud and to praise the defensive successes, right? Because I think offense is just more fun to talk about than defense. 
But, man, that defense, the unsung heroes, man, that third quarter, I thought when things, it was 17-14, to 14, that game could have gotten a little bit sideways, right? A&M could have gotten rolling. If they'd have taken a lead, you'd have probably felt the air come out of Willie B. Never. They never flinched, stood tall, kept you in the game, kept you in the game long enough for your offense to finally figure some things out. And it's the second straight week they've done that. Um, and then, again, special teams, like I said, man, it, it's just you're, you're starting to on a weekly basis – you're expecting these big plays at this point. And uh, it's just, again, Alex, I look at this team. It, it's such a Beamer team, and it truly is a Beamer ball to the moon. So <laughs> it's, it's wild to think how far that defense has come since Georgia. And perhaps more specifically, Arkansas, where you just got bullied. Don't you wish? Hey, don't, you, don't you wish we could get another shot at the Hogs? My goodness. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Golly. We, week, two, week, two, week two, that's not a great game for us. We need to start opening oh. with, like, SC State and Charlotte. We need, to, we need to take the Kentucky and the Missouri school of scheduling where the first four weeks are, like, non-existent. And they're just – you look at them, they're like 4-0. and oh. They must be really good. It's like, well, no, they played the school of the deaf and blind four weeks in a row. So yeah. – <laughs> like, The so, like, solid slate of Eastern uh, Illinois. Right, 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 for sure. We'll play Eastern, Western, Southern, and Northern. Why not? We'll just play all of them. Just get a directional school <laughs> enter here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but, no, I mean, again, man, it, it's just this football team has got Beamer's fingerprints all over it. And, I, and why I love – one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, Alex, I love bringing you on is because we've been doing this since 2019, and so I feel like you've always been able to inject perspective. And, and, it, and, it, and I think when you really stop and you think about, you know, it's we, we haven't won the SEC or a national championship, and there's still a long ways to go, but – Sitting here now, five and two. You mentioned the Georgia game, right? Just how far you've come since then. You've won four in a row for the first time since 2013. You just beat Texas A&M for the first time in school history. You're ranked for the first time since September of 2018. It's, you know, there's a lot of football left to be played. There's a lot of things that still need to happen and still need to be accomplished. But I, I think it is a good thing and a healthy thing for Gamecock fans to really sit back, smell the roses, and really – take into account and show appreciation for what Shane Beamer has done in such a short amount of time. Oh, for even past that, just the, just the general air of positivity and fun that's been injected back into the program. I mean, listen, you got, you played two good teams in a row. Everybody kind of, that took, I would say that would take the wind out of anybody's sails, but now you sit here at five and two with two very, very winnable games in front of you, potentially three. And then you're looking at making having a truly special season going down the stretch. And, like, that's all you can ask for. Control, like, control your destiny. Control where your season is going. Make sure your goals are on the table. And right now, all of those goals are on the table. There's a, there's a great stat that um, it's, it's like anybody who's ever won – the SEC championship has won at least nine games in their second season as a head coach. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not it, saying it, I'm not I'm not right saying that's going to happen here in front of us, but like at the end of the day, it's right there in front of you. Right. Right. It, it's still possible, and you know whether that be nine and three in the regular season, that be nine wins with a bull win. By the way, that'd be, that'd be a massive success. I mean, that, we, we all agree that would, you know, I mean, we said it all, all summer long. We'd sign up for eight and four in a heartbeat, and it's doable. It's doable. Now, looking ahead, Alex, to this weekend, uh, because we say all that, 
And it's funny because the highs are extremely high and the lows are extremely low. So I'm not going to say that losing to Missouri would undo all the goodwill you've built up and it would undo uh, all the good things you did against A&M in Kentucky. But, you know, Alex, I, I said all preseason long, and, and some folks might have disagreed, but I, I said this, this game against Missouri was the most important game of the season because I looked at the schedule, which game can you not lose and have a successful year? And, and I just felt like of all the streaks you had hanging over your head, if you come out of this one and you've lost four straight to Missouri, I think we all agreed you need to get back to beating Kentucky and Mizzou on a consistent basis. And also you felt like Mizzou wasn't going to be a very good football team this year. You were picked to finish ahead of them. I think I had them going like five and seven or maybe six and six in the preseason. Didn't think much of them. You got them on your home field. It's homecoming. I'm, I'm sure it'll be another sellout at Willie B. This is a really big one still. Now, not just because, you know, I expected in the preseason when I made my predictions, okay, you're going to be coming off a loss to A&M. You need to get this dub, then Vandy, then you're bowl eligible. Now you've got a chance to win your fifth straight. And I don't even know what the stats say for how long it's been since then. It's just one of those games where you got an opportunity here to continue to build off positive momentum, and it would be a damn shame to squander that, especially on your home field. Like, losing to Florida and Gainesville, I know that's down the road. That's a forgivable sin. Losing, and we just lost Alex. I don't know. Where did he go? Did I just lose him, or did everybody lose him? There we go. Okay, there he is. I got you, Alex. I got you. Anyways, losing to Florida, forgivable sin on the road. This one feels like one you got to have, man. On your home field, protect your house. Uh, and, and like you mentioned, Vegas thinks it'll be a close game. I think it'll probably be a pretty close game, or a little bit closer than some would like. Your overall take on this Missouri game, the importance. Again, they're all important, but I think this is a really, really pivotal swing game for the Gamecocks and one they, they, they need to secure, and that goes without saying. Agreed, and I think it's going to be uncomfortably close for most of the game. This is this is just one of those spots where you've had a huge win, and now you've got to you've got to build yourself back up to be able to repeat that process. That's not to say they can't do it, but it's it's going to take more prep and more work on their end to hype yourself back up for that game. A perfect example: you beat Alabama at home in 2010, and you lose next week to Kentucky. Like you've got to be able to like carry that that fire that spirit through practice which is hard and that's that's where the coaches really earn their money is to keep those guys up keep them motivated keep them pushing forward and what what you've got to preach in that is right now where we're sitting today we've won two that we were not supposed to and right now because of that we've got a path to have a truly special season here and so it's, you know, saying that to the seniors, saying that to the upperclassmen to get them to push the younger guys and push them through this week of practice to get everybody ready for Missouri. Because you knock these next two out, you're sitting there seven and three going in the swamp, or seven and two going in the swamp. And like to be able to put yourself in that position, that's what you got to push them to. Like, look, guys, you know, nobody thought we, we were not supposed to be here, but we are keep pushing you got to get the upperclassmen to buy into that to get the younger guys pushed through this week yeah Alex a a pair of gritty teams I think you look at Missouri they've lost their three SEC losses have come by a combined 14 points interesting stat going in this one also Alex Missouri their home and road splits big discrepancy Tigers are 0 and 3 on the road and 
statistics, they are not good. They have not played very well. Um, but but I would say to your point, uh, you know, again, key game, pivotal game. The ball's sort of in your court. That's kind of the feeling. That That's the feeling. The ball's in your court. Um, what are you going to do with it, right? And, and again, I, I think this team will approach the game the right way. All about execution. I think the big question, Alex, we all have is you just wonder if you don't get that big special teams play or defensive play, turnover, what have you, can the offense, will the offense pick you up and do enough to secure victory? So that that's what uh, – I think that's what it will come down to. So should be a fun one. I mean, it's, I, it, yeah. it should be able to. We have the athletes to make that happen. Yes. So, Yes, absolutely. I agree with you 110%. Alex, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Always a pleasure. We're going to jump off of here, jump off our conversation with you and jump into Shane Beamer's presser. But uh, always appreciate you taking the time, my friend, and looking forward to doing it again next week. Absolutely, buddy. Yeah, man. We'll talk soon. See you, bud. Great stuff. Alex McGrath, always a pleasure chatting with him. Here, we're going to go ahead and share the screen here. Get this rocking. Boom. We'll go ahead and throw up my, my weekly... Beamer ball comment for all the folks in the chat that love seeing them. Okay, here we go. All right, let me go ahead and get this up. Guys, Shane Beamer will take the podium in probably less than a minute. Okay, less than a minute. Shane Beamer will take the podium. I'm going to go ahead and take myself off the screen. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, Shane Beamer's presser right here. Don't go anywhere. Again, appreciate Alex McGrath for taking the time. And, uh, yeah, we will chat briefly after Shane Beamer concludes. Appreciate y'all. All right. I want to welcome our students from journalism class that are here today. Appreciate you guys coming out as well. Uh, means a lot. So, Hopefully uh, you enjoy your time here also, uh, be, uh, being here as well. Uh, going back to last week, definitely want to thank our fans again for an amazing environment in Williams-Brice Stadium on Saturday night. That was awesome, and uh, we're going to need to do it again this Saturday as well. We've only got two, two home games left, so they don't need to be saving themselves for anything. We need a uh, rocking environment this weekend for sure. Uh, I want to thank the cockpit also. What a great job they did last weekend. Uh, the student section, in fact, uh, you know, we, we won the toss and deferred. So that meant uh, Texas A&M got the ball to start the second half. And we had a choice of which way we wanted to kick. And, and every game is, is different. Sometimes you kick a certain way because of the wind or sun or whatever. Uh, but Saturday night we chose to kick towards the cockpit in the third quarter because we wanted A&M to have to start the second half down there uh, near our student section because of the noise that was being created down there. So thank you. We also need you to stay there for the full game so we can have that advantage in the fourth quarter too, uh, please. I uh, got a big challenge this week with Missouri. Uh, they're a really uh, talented team that uh, has, has been in every game, every SEC game they've played uh, this season. You look at them, they've got three losses in the SEC by three points, four points, and seven points. Uh, so every single game they've played 
in conference this year has come down to one possession. They're uh, greatly improved on defense. Coach Drinkwitz made a change at coordinator after the season, and they are playing lights out on defense right now. Statistically, you look at them in red zone, third down, total defense. They're right up there near the top in our league in pretty much every single category uh, and doing a great job. They present a lot of problems uh, for offenses, and they've presented a lot of problems for every offense they've played in the SEC see this year including Georgia uh, that we all I had a chance to obviously watch that game uh, when they played early in the season offensively they're um, uh, they're really good on the offensive line a lot of returning players their receivers are, are dynamic tough physical running backs athletic quarterback uh, from an offensive standpoint and then dangerous in the return game as well we talked to our players about it this morning we've been pretty good with our punt pressure unit uh, returning punts and these guys are actually statistically averaging more yards per return on a punt return than we are uh, with the receiver that's back there returning kicks so it'll be a big challenge for us as well but going to be an awesome weekend uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of former players and lettermen and, and students that are coming back this weekend as well saw a list earlier this morning of a lot of our former players that will will be back and former lettermen that are going to be in town so I'm so honored as the head coach that so many of these guys want to come back and, and be a part of uh, a football weekend and and this uh this university and certainly congratulations to all of our uh, hall of fame uh, honorees this weekend in in, in uh, athletics Corey miller great friend of our program and well deserved for Corey. so really fired up for him <clears throat> congratulations and then uh del wilkes as well certainly uh our thoughts and prayers go out to his family as well but what an honor uh, for he and uh, his family also this weekend. So got a big challenge, off to a good start. Injury-wise, we're in great shape. Corey Rucker won't play, but other than that, everybody else is in great shape. Terrell Dawkins practice today again and is getting closer and closer to playing. And with that, David, what you got? Thanks, Shane. Yep. Uh, Brad was just in here. Uh, Brad Johnson talked about trying not to be too satisfied with comfort, you know, being ranked, having won four games. Did you have you seen anybody the past couple of days of practice come out? You know, maybe walking a little different. Did you have to maybe knock anybody down a few pegs? Not yet. Um, they've been really good. Um, Sunday, thought they were very. You know, obviously a lot of energy and excitement here in the building on Sunday. Uh, but you know, they're they're motivated to get back to work. Uh, yesterday was their their off day, but I saw Stone Blanton and Tanner Bailey up here last night. At, I was probably 9.30 or so, just trying to get some extra work in and watching video on their off day. And then this morning, we had a really good practice this morning, and, and we talked about it. I mean, obviously, we're excited about where we are, but the only ranking that matters is the end of the season, and uh, we got a lot more in front of us. And, and we talked about it. We're, we're writing the story still of this 2022 football team, and uh, I would certainly hate for the, the high mark and the high point to be the last two weeks, um, we got to continue to get better, and, and that's what we're really focusing on right now is getting better as a team. But no, I haven't haven't seen any signs, and I thought today was a really productive practice. Shane, you mentioned Corey not playing. Is that a situation where you might look to preserve him and maybe preserve a red shirt with the injury? Potentially. I mean, I think it's probably trending in in that direction for where, whenever he gets uh, when he gets healthy, if he's able to get healthy this season. Uh, it's probably going to be to the point where you could play in this season and, and preserve some games. So it's kind of a day-to-day -day thing with him. But uh, as it gets, as each week goes by, um, yeah, I'd say that's getting more and more likely. And you guys have done a really good job the last two weeks or so about pressuring the quarterback. 
how much value do you put on sacks and how much value is it instead of just getting the quarterback off the spot, hitting the quarterback and, and hurrying him? Yeah, I mean, obviously you'd love to get sacks and, and tackles for lost, but we we hit that Texas A&M quarterback the other night a lot and uh, affected him. And that was the whole plan going into it is we could not let that quarterback – we needed to tackle really well and not let A-Chain get going, and we needed to affect the quarterback and not let him get comfortable and felt like we did, uh, where you're constantly just feeling pressure, whether it be from the front four, whether it was some of the secondary pressures that, that Clayton was calling. Uh, the more you can affect that quarterback and not let him get comfortable, um, uh, the better. Obviously, ideally, you'd love to have sacks, but the more you can affect that guy uh, and make him hurry throws and, and just feel, feel the rush, certainly is what we uh what we want to get done Shane I know you've been part of a lot of teams that have been ranked a lot as an assistant does this feel any different at all because it's your first time as the head coach yes um I'd love to again I'd love to give you the cool coach speak and tell you they're all the same but no when you're the head coach and and um and you're ranked it's certainly something we're proud of but not satisfied with but I look at it more as it's just the next the next step and, and credit credit the players and the people in this program to be you know two years ago at this time a two-win team that being ranked in the top 25 was the furthest thing from anybody's mind to now less than two years later uh, to be ranked in the top 25 to me is just a, a, a sign that and, and another statement that we're headed in in the right direction and a credit to the people in this program and, and how they've worked to get to this point as well um so you know happy with where we are but again we've got a lot of football left this season and a lot of work to do and and um um you know we're we're but nowhere near satisfied and, and we shouldn't be you were talking earlier about the fact that it's homecoming week. Obviously, your job kind of moves you around a lot from place to place, but it seems here just two years in, you've kind of already developed a pretty strong passion for the area, just emotional moments with your family, with the players, the fans. Just Has this place kind of already become home for you? Yeah, I feel that way. I mean, I felt very much that way before I came back as well, just because of the ties here personally when I got hired and being born in Charleston and two of uh, Emily and I's three children being born here. Uh, when we were here before as an assistant coach. So this is really where we felt was home uh, in our minds and where we always wanted to get back to when we were coaching at other places and, and certainly being able to come back and you know strengthen relationships with people we already have relationships with from our time here before, but then to be able to develop relationships and develop great friendships with new people that we've gotten to know here in the program and outside the program also, it, uh, it, uh, it, it absolutely does. Hey, coach. Hey. Um, Brad Johnson said earlier he felt like a lot of the guys felt like the you guys as a team were sort of disrespected early in the season. You know, did going through that help you guys to kind of be able to tune out the positive noise? Now, does it make that sweeter? Like, what? How does that the way that you guys started kind of affect the the narrative now? Um, you know, I think people and and I get it. The way we played at Arkansas and the way we played at Georgia. Uh, opens your opens yourself up to being criticized and starting with me and rightfully so uh, I think I said it then I didn't feel like we were as bad as we looked particularly against Georgia 
And a lot of people sure were disrespecting us, writing us off, whatever. And I think the thing that we just got to keep in mind is we got some loyal, great fans. So I'm not talking about them, but there's a lot of people I'm sure that are patting us on the back and telling us how great we are right now, that we're the same people after Georgia that probably weren't necessarily saying that. And, uh, you know, just for us, it's just tunnel vision and, and whatever you can find to motivate yourself and have yourself play with an edge each week you're always looking for, but not worried so much about what's being said outside this building. We didn't, uh, we didn't then, and we definitely don't need to uh, now, you know, we need to, our focus needs to be on nothing but just getting better and, and uh, having, and, and trying to figure out a way to play really, really well on Saturday against a good team. Hey Shane, hey, another Rick. question along the ranking storyline um first time as a head coach going into a game week with a nationally ranked team what is the more important message uh is it a cautionary tale of what happened let's just say the last time the Gamecocks were ranked didn't last very long or what it will take to stay ranked and to climb up in the polls um what it would take to stay and continue to get to continue to climb which means we're getting better as a football team i mean that wasn't our that wasn't our message uh this morning was nothing about staying ranked and and not falling out of the polls it was more uh what do we have to do to continue to uh get better as a as a football team and starting this week against a team that certainly none of us were proud of that uh, enjoy, no, no, none of us were enjoyed that day in Columbia, Missouri last year. And uh, that was a long bus ride back to St. Louis that night after the game because we couldn't fly out of Columbia after the game. Uh, so, you know, that game doesn't really have anything to do with this year's game, but we've got plenty of motivation to get better as a team and, and just continue to improve. And we were talking about that, Rick, after we lost to Georgia and we were one and two. It was improve as a team and how much better can we get as this season goes on. It was the same thing after Kentucky and it's the same thing right now. We, we've got a, we've had two really big wins in a row, four straight, but we've got a lot of work to do and a lot to get better at. And, and that's our focus right now and nothing else. You weren't real happy early in the season with the uh, perimeter blocking in the run game. Um, what did y'all do to address that? What, did, what kind of message have you given the, the players internally about their improvement? And how much has that in general just helped the improvement of the run game the last three weeks? It helps because you've got to be able to, and I said it to you guys too, a lot of these runs that didn't look great and people want to blame the offensive line, a lot of those runs that weren't successful for us at times were because we didn't do a great job blocking a safety or blocking a corner and the defensive back is able to come off and make a tackle on one of our running backs. <clears throat> so we, we just continued to work at it. They have been better. We still have to continue to be better. And it goes the other way too. Defensively, we got to do a great job of getting off blocks and stopping a lot of those perimeter runs and screens that teams use against us. Uh, so it was one, just continue to like really, really coach it hard. Um, two, could just continue to really emphasize it in practice. We we uh, on Tuesdays we do a you know a five minute period where it's without the linemen, but it's just perimeter throws and and uh, and and good competitive work offense versus defense. And then we actually just kind of added a period a couple of weeks ago on our Wednesday practice where it's offense versus defense, full eleven on eleven, and it's pretty much just perimeter plays and you've got to get a certain number of yards and 
the winner of the period, the offense or the defense, they get to eat first at the hotel on Friday night. So that cranked up the motivation to go be a really good perimeter blocker, meaning you get to eat first at the hotel on Friday night. So just trying to find ways to make practice more and more competitive. But I think the biggest thing is just really just continuing to, to coach it. And, uh, and it's not easy out there. I'm Marvin Brown's out there the other night. He's trying to block a linebacker from Texas A&M on the play that Juju fumbled. And he's willing to put his face in there and strike people. And we've just got to continue to play with good technique and strain and sustain and finish blocks out there and then get off of blocks defensively also. Shane, with the defense, I think this, I know we joked about the injury report. This is like the first week you guys actually had ever, just about everyone out there, minus the guys who are out for the season. I guess just what's that done for this group? And I guess how much can you take from last week's performance, the last couple of weeks with the defense and parlay the rest of the way? Getting healthy, you mean? Getting healthy and just having that full complement of guys, especially in the secondary. It's huge. Just from a depth standpoint. <clears throat> um, I mean, can, uh, we talked about it, I believe. Kentucky, David Spalding, DQ Smith, and Nicky Minwari played every snap of the Kentucky game. Every snap. And very rarely does that happen. I mean, Torian and Clayton and myself, I mean, we like to rotate guys in and keep them fresh, but we weren't able to that night. So from a defensive standpoint, it helps because you're able to get some other guys in there. Uh, the other night against uh, A&M, we played some multiple personnel packages defensively with extra defensive backs and things like that on the field a little bit more than what we had been uh, beyond your basic like 5DB nickel package. We weren't really able to do that against Kentucky, uh, so that helps. You can play guys in different positions. Spalding could play nickel. Spalding could play safety. Cam could play nickel. Cam could play corner, uh, whatever it may be. DQ could play safety. DQ could play nickel. So it just opens up possibilities. And then the other thing, it makes your special teams better because you've now got more depth Excuse me, at defensive back. So therefore, you can play a few more defensive backs on special teams because you're not worried about the lack of depth. And okay, DQ Smith's playing 82 plays or whatever on defense. We can't have him out there covering kicks. Well, now if you got a more personnel at defensive back, you can do that a little bit more. It's a great haircut, Hale. By the way, you're looking sharp, man. Like that. Fresh, fresh one, right? New one. Was it last week? I didn't notice if you got it last no, week. I got it this morning. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it looks great. Yep. Um, hey, how you doing? Um, Missouri's kind of their top 10 in the country right now on stopping third down. Had your most efficient game of the season last week on third downs. You were eight for 16. Did you change anything in that regard in practice since the last few weeks? And how do you kind of keep that going? Into this no. Um, but no, that was. Uh, uh, <laughs> I wish I could say we did. I mean, we didn't do anything differently from a third down standpoint. And, I mean, A&M, I, I know I talked about it, but that's a really, really, really good defense that we just played last week. Really good. Um, up front, at linebacker, size in the secondary, and I don't care what they were statistically and all that. They were really good defensively in a lot of areas. Uh, and credit our offense, what were we, 8 to 16? pretty dang sporty against those guys Now we've got to be better on first down and second down where we can stay out of third down and when we do I mean the disappointing thing on third down was the other night was short yardage we weren't able to convert on a third and a fourth and one at the end of the game we weren't able to convert on a third and one or a third and two we got to be better there but but no and then this week will be a big challenge as well Missouri's really really good on third down Missouri's really really good defensively in the red zone uh, Missouri's really, really good at, at uh, forcing turnovers defensively uh, as well. So it'll be a big challenge this week also. So Troy's cutting edge on Forest Drive. You want to go see my man Troy? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 
<laughs> Good promo for them there. Right, yeah, and name, image, likeness. You know. uh, following up on that, on that question, uh, CBS was talking about how there were a couple of those third downs that he should have just, I guess, taken the one, two yards that were there yeah. instead of trying to hit the home run. Is that? I guess that's been an emphasis for him and some of yeah, the Yeah, I was, I mean, yeah, and I, and I was talking with him and texting with him on Sunday morning because, I mean, not enough people to me are talking about the play uh, earlier in the game right before he scored the touchdown. I mean, go back and watch that play. I mean, we did not even block the linebacker, and he and CBS had a violent collision right at the line of scrimmage that he got broke off that tackle and then broke about three more tackles. I mean, it was one of the more um, amazing individual efforts I've seen. And then the very next play, he scores a touchdown. So he did a lot of really good things, and – and he said that. He said, I felt like I missed a couple of reads in a couple of those short yardage situations. But in his, de- and he's not wrong, but in his defense, too, we allowed some penetration. And one of those, I think we got knocked back a little bit at the tight end position, and he had to kind of round it a little bit. But absolutely, in, in, in that scenario, uh, we always use the term skip a rock, meaning you just got to put your head down and just like skipping a rock, cross water, go. And uh, just put your head down and go get that first down. And, and he knows that. I mean, he's he's a physical, physical player that um, we got no problem putting him in those situations again. Hey, Shane, you mentioned the uh, strides that the Missouri defense has taken in terms of turnovers and red zone defense. Of course, your team has taken its own strides this season. So what's the uh, biggest hurdle that this Missouri defense creates that'll stop your guys' momentum? Um. Uh, they're well coached. Um, I mean, they're just they're disruptive. I mean, that's the biggest thing. They've got uh, the 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 two two defensive ends, really the whole defensive line. I mean, they have the ability to single handedly wreck a football game up front. And uh, I know one of them's from right here in Columbia. And and the thing that jumps out about them is starting up front, the defensive line, just the size and the length they have, and the ability to single handedly wreck your game plan um, they're really really talented and they caused us problems last year in Missouri as well and then you know they're good at linebacker they're good in the secondary but you know the, I think just the scheme they're not sit back and and react to what you're doing they're on the attack defensively from the time they take the field to the time the game's over and that'll be a big challenge for our guys for sure Shane, I got two questions. Um, first one being Darius Rush. He had a big game on Saturday. Um, how much of a testament to like his ability was that game on Saturday? And then number two, um, Eli Drinkwitz was in his press tour earlier talking about the uh, the tragedy in St. Louis. Will you guys be doing anything to honor them or be wearing something um, to honor this victim? Darius Rush, uh, he was awesome. Congratulations to Darius, uh, what, SEC Defensive Player of the Week. And shoot, I know Xavier got it for special teams. Darius, to me, could have gotten it for special teams, too. He made three tackles on the punt team alone. So it's good to have Darius back healthy. And uh, that was great to see him playing. I mean, we've got two, three, if you talk about Cell, I mean, we've got three really, really big-time SEC corners that allow us the ability to do a lot of things defensively. Uh, put those guys on an island, which if Rush was out there on an island by himself on that interception. I mean, he had no help anywhere. And he was out there one-on-one and made a great play. So Darius is a big-time player and excited to see him uh, getting healthy. And then in regards to the tragedy in St. Louis, certainly I should have mentioned at the beginning, thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the people at that school and, and that community. And and uh, I did read where Eli and then we're going to do something. I'll be honest with you, haven't talked about it yet. Um, but glad, you know, certainly thoughts and prayers go out to that uh, school and that community.
Uh, Luther Burden, when you were at Oklahoma, did you do much with him and, and just how special a talent is he? Yeah, he's special. I really didn't, me personally, feel. I mean, I know we were highly interested in him. Uh, Lincoln and our receivers coach uh, were, were all over him, you know, being there from St. Louis. And, and we had had uh, some pretty good success with some players from the St. Louis area on our team at Oklahoma. So felt like we had a great shot at Luther when, when, when I was there and, and somebody, you know, anytime you're doing recruiting calls in the office, it was always our receivers coach giving the phone to Lincoln. Hey, I got Luther on the phone. Uh, that was all the time. And uh, he was a great player in high school and he's a, he's a great talent uh, there for them right now. Not just playing receiver, but you see it on punt returns also. I mean, the guy's fearless from a punt return standpoint. He's already taken one back for a touchdown this year and he'll, fielded anywhere I mean he had a play against Vandy the other day where he fielded the punt in the end zone and then ran it out and 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 almost popped it for a big uh for a big one so he's he's really really explosive and really talented along with the rest of those receivers they have there too coach you've become quite the TikTok sensation over <laughs> the last few months I'm wondering when you're asked to make these TikToks do you know what the trends are and then what does that creative process look like <laughs> I wish I could tell you I did. Uh, when um, the Sol uh, Soldier Boy was at a TikTok deal, okay, so really had no idea. Justin's like, I got a great idea, and I need you to do this. It's something that's going on social media with TikTok right now, and, and it'll be huge. I said, okay. And then um, and then last week, what was it? Last week was the sunglasses. Yeah, he came. Um, really, it's Justin King. Justin came to me and said, I need you to bring the sunglasses with you to work tomorrow. I've got an idea. Can you meet me in the stadium um, tomorrow night when it's dark? I said, yeah. I mean, we're in between meetings around 7.15, 7.30. I can sneak over there real quick. I don't have the sunglasses. They were in my daughter's room, so I had to ask Olivia, can I have the sunglasses? And then I'm like, all right, what do you need me to do? And he said, I just need you to stare at the camera. And I stared at the camera, and then he said, I need you to purse your lips and just move your head back and forth and I said that's it he's like yeah I promise it's like a big thing going on right now and it's going to be huge and I said just please don't make me look like an idiot and he probably did I mean I probably did look like an idiot but apparently it's I'm not on TikTok I should be uh, my kids are so they know what the heck's going on I made them proud but that's really the process Justin don't make me look more of a idiot or goofball than I probably already am and um if he says it's good and needs to be done, I usually trust him because he's never wrong <laughs> yet. So, hey Shane, it was good though. I mean, from a TikTok. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ask Justin. I wish I knew. <laughs> hey Shane, how would hey. you say the atmosphere at Williams Bryce compares to any other place that you've played or coached at? I would say it's right at the top. I took all kinds of. Um, uh, what's the word stuff when I said I posted something on social media yesterday or about what I've said after the game to Cole Kubelik on the field after the game. But I mean, it's true. That atmosphere Saturday night was unbelievable. I mean, Texas A&M was at eight false starts, seven, eight. I mean, think about it guys, like eight false starts that single-handedly were because of the crowd noise. It's unbelievable. And, uh, they were, it's not unbelievable knowing our fans, it's, uh, it's right at the top. And I've been, Trust me, I'm blessed. I've been around some 
uh, to be able to, to be in some great environments as a GA at Tennessee or coaching here before or coaching at Virginia Tech or out in Oklahoma or, or at Georgia. I mean, those are all great atmospheres and environments. Uh, uh, Mississippi State and, and Georgia Tech, you know, certain games. But Saturday night in, in that stadium, uh, our fans were a true, true weapon for us. And, and I said at the beginning of the season, it was already great but we'll, with what – our administration's done over there with the lights and the sound system and everything else. It's better than it's ever been, and, and that showed Saturday night in the stadium. Hey, Coach. Uh, Josh hey. Van spoke earlier about his like, learning how to balance the mm -hmm. early stages of, as a father. Mm -hmm. What do you remember from your days kind of learning that process of balance, and then what <laughs> do you do uh, to kind of support the, the fathers in your program? Oh, man. Um, I had a have uh, an amazing wife, you know, first and foremost that that did so much, uh, so much of that. Uh, I remember, you know, <laughs> laying in bed and sometimes you're tired from the night day at work and you hear the baby crying and you kind of like you're sort of pretending to be asleep, hoping your wife's gonna get up, and, and then she wakes up in the morning and you're saying, "Did Sutton sleep through the night?" and she looks at you like. You know what? Um, really, I didn't hear her. Uh, so I thank God I've got a great wife, but uh, that, and that's true. But for me, it's just uh, for me it was just trying to balance, and, and I want to be a great dad, but I also had an obligation as a coach too. And I was I was fortunate to work for when I was a young father, worked for Coach Spurrier here, and then when I was coaching for my dad at Virginia Tech when our son was born. So I was around two coaches that valued family and and. You work really, 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 really hard, but you're able to be with your family and include them in what you're doing. And, and I love being able to include the, the children of our coaches here in this program. I mean, we're away from them a lot because of the job and recruiting and things like that. But I want our families to feel a part of this program. And it's no different with Josh and, and you know, some of the other dads that we have on this team. And they're, they're, they're awesome. Um, I mean, it's 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 a couple you know a couple times you kind of like just kind of do a double take i remember after one of the first games we finished gamecock walk and there's cam walking through the locker room with with his baby and and whatnot and and proud of those guys because uh, i know it's not easy you know sometimes i look over at them at meetings when we meet at eight o'clock in the morning and they may be a little bit sleepier than some of those other guys and one of those other guys i may be a little bit quicker to jump than them because i know that there's a chance they may have been up all night or, or something like that. I'm like, what I, I got up with the, with the kids. Don't get me wrong. I'm not that guy. Uh, there was plenty of times I got up and rocked and, and laid in the floor and tried to, tried to get the kids to go back to sleep. But uh, I'll, I understand that the sacrifices that they make and, and they've been, Josh has been awesome. I mean, he's um, uh, just seeing the, the excitement that he has and the dad that he is is and, and has become is pretty uh pretty cool to see. I mean he's very 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 proud and, and rightfully should be. You're wanting the bottom trophy. You satisfied with the Saluda replica? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks to bringing it out um, today and that was quick work, uh, quick work also. Yep, absolutely uh, proud of what it stands for and proud to have it and and then another another trophy game this week as well. Shana, you're at the point of your career where you're getting a lot of firsts, you know, pretty much every week. So when you came in, did you have a, a list of paper in your pocket? Did you write down a list of goals saying this is our first that I want to do while I'm at South Carolina? No. 
Uh, I wish I could tell you that I did. I really didn't. It was, I know it's cliche, but just, it was very, just process oriented. Let's just get to work and, and be the best we can be today and then stack another good day on top of it. And then if you do that, the, the first will come, but um, I really didn't. It was, I think when I got hired, David, it was just so much to do. It just, you, you could be overwhelmed if you start thinking about, okay, this, this, and, and this. It was, let's get to work, and all right, we got a coach and staff hired, what's next? And then here comes spring practice, and let's get better in spring practice, and then what's next? And you just keep, um, keep working hard, and, and, uh, and, and then the, the success comes from that, if that makes sense. All right. Thank you all. Hope, welcome. Have a good uh, rest of the semester, journalism class. <laughs> okay, so that's it from Shane Beamer. Guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much again for the continued love and support. Uh, podcast will drop tomorrow. Stay tuned to social media for all of our content. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs. And guys, make sure to order your Beamer Ball towels by midnight tonight to be sure to have them shipped and delivered by kickoff Saturday for the Gamecocks game against Mizzou. Again, folks, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the calls. Thank you so much to Alex McGrath for taking his time to chat today. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.